This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This works. I'll be right there. Yeah. Sorry. That's fine. Take your time. No hurries. I'm just setting up all the all the recordings for everything, and you won't. We won't need you right away in the beginning, anyway. Okay. He just wants an entrance with an applause. He does. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Uh, we got this. Okay. Such a ham. All right. On this episode of Bantha Milk Podcast, Around the Degeric Table, two new guests, four new questions, and it's Star Wars Podcast Day. What's up, party people? Today is our episode of Bantha Milk Podcast Day. Uh, this is the, I'm trying to think here, the fourth annual Star Wars Podcast Day. On this day, we all celebrate the 25th anniversary of the birth of Star Wars podcasting, of the Star Wars podcast website podcasting podcast it's called star wars podcast whatever i'm all confused anyway <laughs> so uh for this very special episode of star wars podcast day here at bantha milk around the degeric table we have two extra special guests with us as always um we have myself and my co-host tom hello thomas hey rob it's good to be back and to all listeners out there this is the podcast that you're looking for <laughs> this um, is the podcast that you're looking for we have a great show. We have a lot of thoughtful questions tonight coming up. Um, we even have two pretty big celebrities on tonight. So I think that's pretty cool. And uh, I pretty much can guarantee you guys a great show. Um, and if it's not, I blame Rob. It's all my fault if not. <laughs> well, we have the Duel Ryans on tonight. I think it's like dual, Dueling of dueling Fates. It's Dueling Ryans tonight. We have the one and only from some small little YouTube channel that only millions of people watch called Screen Crush. We have Ryan Airy. Ryan, welcome. Thanks. Uh, really happy to be here, guys. Thank you. Me. Yes. Well, thank you for coming. Uh, if you want, please, if anybody's listening and doesn't know what Screen Crush is, they're not a big enough nerd. Uh, please tell us about yourself and maybe your little website that you have there. That uh, Don't get me started talking about myself. That's going to take over the whole show, uh, I'll just, especially if you bring up the words trilogy and sequel in the same <laughs> sentence. I'll, I'll, I'll monopolize everything. Um, yeah, I run a channel called Screen Crush. You know, I host it. I'm on there a lot. We talk about, oh, Marvel, Star Wars, got a, a Breaking Bad video that launched this week we're pretty proud of. Uh, really, whatever is geeky and nerdy and we get to take deep dives into. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's Screen Crush in a nutshell. Like, subscribe if you haven't already. You won't regret it. No, you won't. I, I love every minute of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and joining him is another Ryan, a good friend of mine, Ryan G.H., who's on a bunch of different podcasts. Ryan, why don't you tell us about yourself, please? 
What's up, guys? Um, I'm Ryan. I, you've probably you heard my voice before if you've listened to this feed for long enough. I subbed in for Nick uh, during part of Andor the Andor run, um, but uh, I am one half of a of the Marvel fandom podcast Puny Pod. Um, don't let my show show fool you though. I'm a lifelong Star Wars fan. Um, anything Ewok. I love Galaxy's Edge. Generally, just anything Star Wars. Love it. And we love having you. And yes, Ryan, you did a great job of filling in for us. We asked Ryan Airy to fill in during that time, but his uh, his salary was way too high for us to afford. <laughs> we couldn't afford anything over zero point zero. Uh, so Ryan, you came in right at that number, so it was perfect. So it was wonderful. All right, this is a uh, roundtable discussion. All four of us brought a very special Star Wars question with us, and we're all going to ponder the answers, and everybody's going to give their own opinion on all those said questions. And so let's get started, shall we? Uh, I'll start this week. I think I've started every week so far, but that's okay. It's my show I'm allowed to. It has been almost five years since The Mandalorian came out in 2019. Of all of the Star Wars shows that have come out in the last five years on Disney+, Plus, which one will you go home to tonight and put on TV after the show, or which one would you rather rewatch at this point? So we'll go over to Ryan Airy first. Ryan, what do you think? I, uh, you know, saying my answer is a little bit like saying your favorite band's the Beatles and your favorite food is ice cream, but it's Andor. I mean, I the show nobody uh, who asked for this and you got it. And you're like, I had no idea. I was so hungry for for this. Every time I watch that show, I'm noticing just something different. There's layers, there's subtext, which frankly, uh, we don't really get a lot of in, in modern Disney plus Star Wars, you know, especially Book of Boba Fett and Ahsoka feel like uh, felt very rushed, very slap hazard. Not, not I know we're not here to, to diss other shows. I'm just saying in comparison, oh, no, we, can, we can do that. That's OK. OK, well, then, <laughs> guys, we are, Star, we are Star Wars fans after all. So I think that's half that of is true. Time. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> But uh, I just watched that show and I can pick up any given episode and uh, everything about it. And Tony Gilroy said like that, that's a Goldilocks show that just happened to come in when Disney was like throwing money at it. And we'll probably never see a Star Wars like that again. So, man, appreciate it while you got it. My answer is Andor. Ryan G.H., how about you? That's a really good answer. And uh, so part of my show that I do, though, is rewatching things. One of the things I've learned is the further you are from whatever the thing is kind of the, the better that that rewatch gets Mm -hmm. Um, because your context is so different. And so my pick is the first season of Mandalorian. I haven't gone back. I haven't rewatched it at all since it came out. Um, And so I think watching it in the new context, given all of the other information we have now, all of the additional learning we've done, uh, in the Star Wars universe, I would love to go back and rewatch Mando and and just see how it ages, see how the context has changed and, you know, kind of get some of those member berries going. So mm-hmm. um, how about you, Tom? I'm right there with you. I say Mando season one um, to me as a Star Wars fan, uh, just watching that first episode, I'm like, wow. This is so different from anything we've ever seen. And we've talked about it on the show before. I think what a lot of people expected was like a Boba Fett kind of story. 
but this was anything but that. And, and it just kind of, that first episode just drew you in. Um, the ending was fantastic. And I think the whole season one was just a fantastic story. And I enjoyed how every episode was almost at a different location. We we're introduced to new characters and, you know, there were no lightsabers or anything like that. It was, it was just good storytelling. Um, so to me, I, I'm watching Mando episode one, or uh, not just episode one, but season one. Uh, it, it will never get old. I could probably watch it over and over and over again. Um, Rob, what would you say would be uh, yours? Well, this is a, a hard answer for me because I agree with all three of you. Um, my first inclination was to say Mando because I loved it. It's what built Bantha Milk podcast. I mean, when we started this podcast, it was banter, Beskar, and Bantha Milk. And then the very first episode of Mandalorian, they, they're talking about Beskar. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I dug deep to find this Beskar armor thing, and they're bringing it back in the Mandalorian. And it was amazing. Apparently, it was too too much alliteration, and people couldn't keep saying all those B words over and over again. So then we had to shorten it a little bit to just the Bantha Milk. But the more I thought about it, the more I loved Andor. And I agree with with Ryan about how amazing Andor was. Because if you weren't a Star Wars fan, you could watch it and you almost didn't know that it was a Star Wars series. Um, but then they would throw in all these Star Wars-esque things in there as well to keep the diehards, oh yeah, interested. And like Ryan Airy was saying, every time you watch it, you're finding something else and it's getting deeper. And the writing was was so good. I mean, spoiler alert, at the end of it, when when they finally break out and he's standing there and he's in the middle of the ocean and he can't swim, it's like that's like really, really deep, good writing because it's like almost like the um, Twilight Zone episode where uh, the one guy is a he loves to read and everybody yells at him for reading. And then the apocalypse happens and he's under a rock or something and he's the only one left on earth and he's just in next to a library and he's just filled with books and he goes to put his glasses on and his glasses are broken. So he finally has all the time in the world to read and he can't because he can't, his glasses are broken. So it was almost like a similar concept there. I was just like, oh man. So long story short. I'm going with Andor, and I think I'm actually, when we're done recording, I think I'm going to put Andor actually on right after this. So that's that's my answer. And of course, as we know from listening to these episodes, my answer is the correct answer. So the correct answer is Andor. <laughs> so here's an interesting question for all of you, kind of like this will be like question part B of this of this question is last week we had a question by one of our guests. Um, what? If we, if you were to start Star Wars uh, for someone, what movie would you start with? And we all kind of gave our opinions. Let's do the same with Star Wars shows. If you had to show someone the Star Wars show for the very first time, would you still stick with Andor, the two of you, and then Ryan GH? Would you stay with Mando season one? I'm going to change my Star answer. Wars? Have, have they seen Star Wars? Sorry, uh, no, they don't no know Star, Star Wars, Wars at all. Okay. All right, sorry, Ryan GH. Oh, I was just going to I was going to make a joke. I was going to say I'm going to change my answer to the animated Ewoks series, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is on Disney Plus, but it's sadly it is not great. canon. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't give you an age of the person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would probably I would probably, though, in all honesty, go with like Clone Wars or something. I think that that's 
like Clone Wars is is digestible for most people. Um, you don't think it's too deep? Uh, I don't think to start. Uh, I think I think you get them started and then they get hooked. Okay. okay. Ryan, Ryan, I think it depends on the person. Um, if it, if it's somebody whose taste normally wouldn't skew towards something like Star Wars, I would go with Andor. Uh, because apart from like it saying BBY at the start of it, you have need no prior knowledge of, of anything Star Wars. Um, otherwise, Mandalorian is just like, oh, you love Star Wars, you're gonna love the Mandalorian. People like the 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 normies get a little confused. Like, wait, is that Baby Yoda? When does this take place? Right. I've, heard, I've gotten that question before. So it just really depends on where you fall, um, kind of on that that beautiful nerd spectrum that we're all yeah. a part of. Rob and I are both teachers, and uh, I mean, I, 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 I can can't speak for Rob, but in my school, I have third to fifth graders, and they were hooked by Baby Yoda by Grogu. Mm-hmm. They all came in with the T-shirts. They came in with the dolls in class. They would bring the dolls to class. They were they were obsessed with him. So I, I, I feel like Mando season one definitely drew in the kids. Um, Rob, what do you think? Yeah, I think um, if it's an older person someone of our age who's never seen star wars even though it's been out for as long as they've been alive i would probably go with andor and if it's a male i would go with andor because it's that's more of like a war saga type uh tv series so you get into that if you get interested in that then you can be like oh and this has a little little inklings of um of star wars in it but if it's anybody else I would probably lean more towards Mandalorian because everybody fell in love with baby Yoda. I mean, he was on t-shirts. It was the child for the first season and a half. You know, every, every toy was just labeled the child. I practically, I was waiting for a McDonald's toy of, of the child as well, because it was, Mm -hmm. he was everywhere. Um, So I think that, because everybody liked him, he was so cute that they would get into that and then they would enjoy star Wars because they thought, baby Yoda was so cute and then they would get hooked after that. And it's a great series also. So, um, yeah, so I would go with either one of those two. Tom, what about you? You said Yoda, you said, you said, Um, I I think it depends on the age. I think if it's kids, I'd say Mando, if it's adults, I'd probably have to go with Andor because you could have put Andor on CBS and not say it's even related to star Wars. And I think, people would have been interested in it. Yeah, I say I this game about, about Battlestar Galactica. I, I feel like that should have been a, a network show. It's it's such a good drama. And said, what was it on uh, FX or something? Uh, like that? Uh, sci-fi. 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 Yeah. Sci-fi. Yeah. So, so when something on sci-fi, it gets that rap of being, Oh, it's, it's a nerdy space thing, whatever. But I feel like it was basically just a drama in space. It could, yeah. It, could have it was been so good. Battlestar Galactica, best show ever. Yeah. All right. Well, that's one. Go ahead, Ryan. No, no, like, ahead. I, like I said, no, I'll get started on stuff. It's crazy to think <laughs> like um, the the whole like thing that I do with Easter eggs and breakdown stuff like that. We, we all did that. Like that was happening for Battlestar Galactica, but like on chat rooms and message boards and uh-huh. crazy like podcasting and YouTube has really just taken that, you know, experience where you had to read like a nerd and make it more accessible to people. Because right. I was just thinking, like, I I obsessed over that show in theory. I love Battlestar Galactica. Me too. Yep. Never missed an episode the second it was out. 
What about uh, Fire? As we're, as we're completely going off on a tangent, what about Firefly? Did you enjoy I that? Like we, I feel like we're on your other show, Rob, because yeah. that show's all about going <laughs> off on tangents. Going off on all these tangents. I enjoyed uh, Firefly I did, as well. I, I didn't watch it when it was on. Um, I watched it later and I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I rewatched I, or I watched it for the first time later on. One of a coworker of mine had them all on DVD. And he was like, you're a Star Wars fan here. Watch this. You'll love it. And and I thought it was really good. You could tell the, uh, you know, the the money was a lot less. The the budget for it was a lot lower than a Star Wars budget. But mm-hmm. uh, but it was fun nonetheless. Uh, Ryan GH, did you uh, did you watch that at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I watched it when it was live on TV. I didn't watch Battlestar Galactica when it was live. I definitely rewatched it. I actually... Uh, behind me somewhere over here i have my uh picture with katie sackoff um, oh nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah who was who was always my pick to be carol danvers oh yeah oh, that that yeah, would have been that, good I thought she, been, yeah she would have been a great carol i mean I, no sense to brie yeah. larson she's great too but like yeah yeah, yeah. starbuck <laughs> is you know she's carol danvers yeah why did that happen absolutely why did that happen i wish i she was just older at that point I think they probably wanted somebody who was more up and coming. That's true. Uh, yeah. 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 All right. Well, that's 14 questions down. Now we're on to the second question. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Airy, it's your question. What do you have for us? Well, um, the cool thing, when, when Disney bought Lucasfilm, I thought, okay, well, this is fun because they'll be able to get different directors and have different people, you know, kind of define what Star Wars is and what it could be. Um not going to get into George Lucas's definition of Star Wars because, like I, like I said, I'll ramble all night about it. Um, but that that's always been me. That's I was thought, well, maybe Martin Scorsese will do a Star Wars movie. You know, it hasn't worked out quite like that. But like Andor is an example of this. So my question is, like, where in the Star Wars galaxy, like, you know, we almost had Rogue Squadron, which, which was going to be Top Gun in space. What would you like to see genre-wise, like, explored? For me, uh, I, I do my answer now, right? If you want to go right ahead, okay. sure. My <laughs> answer is uh, gangsters, uh, gangster movies. I think that we don't even need, we don't need a Jedi. We, you know, I don't think Star Wars is defined by lightsabers. And if you read the High Republic novels, High Republic fans, yes, uh-huh. yep. I both. think the Nihil are just, just great villains because they're just space pirates. Like it's literally right. just like pillage, burn, take. And I, I would love to see something like that it's what i wish the sequel trilogy would have focused on a little bit more you know like seeing like disorder in the galaxy and see that underworld and see you know live action pikes you know black sun uh huts or different people like the high republic did you know take it to a new era that hasn't been explored by clone wars that's what i would like to have seen ryan gh what about you do you got a, a star wars genre you wish they dipped their toes in yeah um so at first I was going to say, you know, let's do a kid's movie about Ewoks, but we got two of those. So um, <laughs> I'll, I'll move on. Um, I I think they have a really cool world that they have built with Batu in the Disney parks. Right. And they've done some comic books around that. And there's a character in that Vi Marathi, uh, who is a rebel and kind of, does a lot of like spy action and, and that sort of thing. So I would love to see kind of a planet bound spy thriller, right? We got a little bit of spy in, in rogue one like that. That is some, some spy action type of thing. Um, But just like a really cool 
planet bound. So don't go to space. Don't go to other planets. Nothing like that. Just keep it on the planet. Keep it um, really close. And, you know, just kind of tell the tales of what's going on there and, and her missions over into the First Order area and and the things that she's doing over there um, and, and kind of build out. I, I approached it more from a setting than a genre, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. but I would love to see, uh, just some more, some more about that character because I think it's really interesting. I think it's a really interesting way that they could, uh, do a lot and seems like there's a lot there to do. Sounds good. Um, let's see, Tom, you're up. So many <laughs> answers to this question because <laughs> there's so many stories I want to see. Because I, I, I'm in the opinion of all Star Wars is, is good Star Wars. I, I just I, I'll just eat it up. I just feed it to me. I, I'll, I'll just eat it. So I would love to see Luke and the new Jedi Academy. I would love to see Solo. Mm-hmm. Even if even if Solo's not in it, I want to see a Solo 2 with the extension of the story of Maul and the Crimson Dawn and the crime syndicate. Um, I want to see where that all went. We know where Maul ends up dead at the hands of Obi-Wan, but I want to see where Crimson Dawn went. And I want to see that whole, you know, uh, that, that whole kind of story fleshed out. Um, but I think the main thing that I'd love to see, and I haven't thought about the story, is I want to see Star Wars, but in the style of Game of Thrones. I don't mm-hmm. know how they would do it, but some type of story about dueling hierarchy families uh, they, like in maybe if this could be, I'm thinking more like old Republic setting. Um, I don't know how they would do it, but I think it would make an intriguing story to somehow weave game of Thrones ideas into the star Wars universe. Rob, what do you think? That's fun. I like that idea. Um, I, I was like, same thing. I was thinking all different things. We uh we had a similar question before, and in that I was like, oh, I would love to see, uh, like stories about all of the bounty hunters before we got to know them in Empire Strikes Back. Um, but for this one, I'm thinking more. Uh, I'm going on a whole theme for tonight's uh episode because there's another question later on where I have a similar answer, but. I would love to learn more about Lando and all of his uh, gangster gambling, almost like a, like a, I don't know if he he's like a like like a mob boss esque type thing, but all about Lando with him making all these shady deals and everything that he does to go along, and or even it would be even more fun to to see a trail of the Millennium Falcon because there was times with like. Like we we found out, you know, at the in the sequels, when uh, Han Solo finds it again, you know, without a great line of Chewie, we're home. Where was it all the time in between there? So almost if it was a story mm-hmm. arcing through the Millennium Falcon from when Lando had it to when Han had it to who had it in to ever be in between there and all that stuff. So something along those lines would be something that I'd be interested in. Um, I think Lando's a fun character. We only saw him a couple of times and, you know, we saw him far and few in between. So what, what was he doing all the other times that we didn't see him or what was the Falcon doing all the other times that we didn't see him? So that's that. I don't know if I won that round or not. 
You know what? I would kind of like to see um, just hearing your answers. It got me thinking. You know, right now we've got Bad Batch um, coming up, and the trailer revealed Asajj Ventress looking very much like she does in Dark Disciple, the novel where she's killed. And of course, you know, we grouse about that kind of thing, like maybe is it canon or not that she was killed. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that in our in our podcast, I mentioned like, wouldn't it be great just if you want to do just do adapt Dark Disciple? That'd be awesome. I'd love to see a live action Quinlan Boss and Asajj Ventress. So it kind of makes me think, you know, my if if I'm going to have a second answer, and it's my question, so I'm going to do that. Um, <laughs> I would love to just see some of the great novels by some of these great Star Wars authors be adapted. Like um, my favorite of the Disney era, the Aftermath trilogy, amazing. Would love to see it with like a recast original trilogy crew in there uh but also uh, i mean bloodline the leia novel that should have been the first movie is just fantastic yeah and i know you know you'd have to recast leia or maybe do it animated but uh that story i think needs to be told to a wider audience to make sense of the sequel trilogy ryan gh what about you what kind of question do you have for us uh yeah so my my question is inspired by uh my number Finally came up and I got to go check out the newly redone Casa Bonita here in Colorado. So if, if you're not familiar with Casa Bonita, mm-hmm. if you haven't watched Star or uh, uh, South Park or something like that, it's basically the Disneyland of restaurants. Um, and I was sitting there and I was thinking, how cool would it be if we had a Star Wars version of this? So it's like a 52,000 square foot restaurant it's got three different types of shows it's got food it's got like you feel like you're in this mexican place uh like a mexican village um and so i got to thinking you know how cool would it be if if we did that somewhere in star wars so with that uh the question is not how cool would it be because that would be a very easy question uh the question i have for you uh tom is where would you set a highly immersive restaurant like this. Uh, so I was thinking, let's go with Mustafar because Ooh. everything that comes out from the kitchen is going to be burnt. <laughs> um, well played. Well, played. Sorry, too like super too hot. <laughs> <Too> so- sorry. <laughs> no. So I, I really wouldn't would go Mustafar. That'd probably be kind of boring. Um, I'm going to go with the easiest answer in the world. It's because that's where, that's where I'd want to go is Tatooine. I mean, who can't imagine themselves walking into a cantina on Tatooine, seeing all those creatures like from the original Star Wars trilogy um, or even, you know, the the um, the some of the cantinas that we've seen in some of the new Disney Star Wars shows that have been set on Tatooine. You walk in it just to me, it's like the Western style, um, like for food, you can do like things like kebabs, like Womp Rat on a Stick stuff like that. You could do Bantha burgers. Um, obviously the main part needs to be the bar because the drinks, you know, the, the, you have a wild crowd on Tatooine. Um, so to me, it's gotta be Tatooine as, as a star Wars lover, because that's where I'd want to go. Would it be the best for everyone? Probably not. It's just what I would want to do as a star Wars fan, just because I, I, I would love to walk through those doors and just, look around at, at that kind of cantina. Um, Rob, how about your, your favorite place to place this new restaurant? Yeah, I, I actually, I like this question a lot. I was really thinking about it and it was making me laugh as I was thinking about it. I was like, Oh my gosh, this would be amazing. 
Um, so we just need to get the funding to start doing this. But I was thinking Dagobah because it would be almost like a rainforest cafe type thing with a lot of overgrown vegetation and stuff. Um, there's so much cool things. Uh, Ryan, when you posted on on Facebook your uh, your trip there and I saw the person diving from the 30-foot ledge, there was like people oh, yeah. diving into this pool um, all these like other neat things. There could be like, if it was on Dagobah, there could be a room, um, where you're near and you could even like go into kind of like a Disney theme where you go into Yoda's hut and there's a animatronic of Yoda there or, or a puppet of Yoda or whatever. And you get your picture taken with Yoda. Um, every hour or so in the pool area, Yoda would come out and he would raise the X-wing up, and uh, cool. I don't know how they would get it back into the into the lake again. That's not for <laughs> me to figure out, but somehow they would get it back into the lake again. You uh, better so come th- out and say, mm, "Good food, come eat." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, so Yoda could do that. You could have R two D two running all over the place because he was wandering off a little bit on there, and. Um, you could even have, you know, a Luke Skywalker jumping around somewhere, maybe like a gymnast uh, jumping around on a stage on like the uneven bars or whatever. And then you got, he's running around with it with a Yoda backpack or something like that. But and there's there's some scary animals on there as well. So there could be some even not a big show, but just while you're sitting there, kind of like a rainforest cafe when the dinosaurs start moving their heads or whatever. They could have some kind of creature pop out of the swamp, look around, and go back down again. So that's what I was thinking. I was thinking that would be a lot of fun to have a a, a neat little Dagobah-themed restaurant. I don't know what the food would be, uh, frogs or something like that. I don't know, but... um, Frog soup. Frog soup, yeah. So, uh, But, you know, the theming would be amazing. Uh, Ryan Airy, what do you think? Well, just to comment on Dagobah, that sounds awesome, especially when you like take you know you apply it to Casa Bonita I do think it sounds a little bit like a Klingon restaurant to me like a lot of okay. stuff would be served raw and moving <laughs> yes. uh, and the first thing I thought was like I'm picturing the frogs that Jabba has in his little jar uh-huh. just like that's something they wheel out to you and I'm like ah you swayed me with the theatrics but actual <laughs> food wise you know there's a reason Yoda went straight to stealing Luke's food <laughs> you know like straight away it's the first thing he did he didn't introduce himself or say hey you know and your dad got food you got him starving um my answer is the low lower levels of coruscant and let me tell you why first of all you want a variety of food you got it you know it's that whole blade runner aesthetic there's all these different food stalls and booths from thousands of planets dagobah i'm not trying to crap on your dagobah answer but you're gonna have you know basically raw frogs whereas you know in moss whereas in coruscant you know it is the lower levels so it's not going to be fine dining but you are going to get a pretty wide variety because it's the cultural hub of the galaxy so there's that and we've also seen there's some nice places in the lower levels there was a sports bar yeah. It looked exactly like a sports bar <laughs> in 2002 America, but fine. There was a sports bar there. Um, and also just the potential talking about theatrics, it's food and it's fights because you also have this idea that there could be bar fights that are staged. 
that you know you could have somebody an undercover jedi apprehend somebody like you're at a ren fair watching robin hood get arrested that'd be really cool this the the cool thing about the lower levels to me is always like well you never know who's going to be there you'd have a clone bar if you want to set it in that you could just hire a bunch of actors who look exactly alike um <laughs> to have the same crew cut and just kind of be there god that'd be expensive but you yeah, know any, be. Work, any work you could get yeah just one thing i liked about that, that sequence in attack of the clones uh, like yeah people selling death sticks imagine that imagine oh, you yeah. have guys selling death sticks everywhere but they're sugar candies so you can teach the kids that drugs are fun um <laughs> the uh and the idea, there's this cool thing in Attack of the Clones where, like, they they rest Zam Wessel, and uh, Anakin says, "Jedi business, back to your drinks." And everybody shuts up and goes back to their drinks because when uh-huh. when a Jedi says Jedi business, you know, it's a don't f around. That's it. No. That's 100 percent where it is. So yeah, I like the variety, I like the theatrics, the food, the fights, the fun. I'm gonna go with lower levels of Coruscant. Take me to 1313, baby. Ryan Gh, what about you know? You asked the question. What are you thinking about all this? Yeah, for sure. And and I also want to say I love the idea of the lower levels of Coruscant, too, because there's all kinds of nooks and crannies. And mm-hmm. that's kind of one of the benefits of these themed places is like the discovery, right? You get to go find, you know, weird stuff. So I, I like that a lot. Um, For me, I, I'm going to go with the forest movement of Endor. And I know I'm sounding like a broken record here, um, but eating amongst the trees in tree bright village sounds so cool. You could have Ewoks walking around. I'm thinking about like dance parties, right? Yep. Dance parties with, uh, you know, totally not human heads that you're down, da- you're doing drums on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you could have an area where C three PO and R two D two are telling a story, you know, like they did mm-hmm. in return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, the food gets a little weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah trying to figure out how to not have ewoks eating humans uh so <laughs> my well, idea was to go oh what's up sorry to interject i just want to point out that the humans were a special treat that's it's true like eat them all the time it was a, it was a banquet in c-3po's honor it's not like they're always cooking up humans that right. is how true. You God, it's a serve man. God Another Twilight Zone reference. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan GH. I just wanted to clarify, if you want to have them meet humans, it would only be for special occasions. That's fair. That's fair. Um, once a month, human feast. Um, but otherwise, um, I would say something like a California cuisine. So uh, I, pretty basic food. You know, um, I'm thinking like California Pizza Kitchen style pizza, maybe a pot roast dish, maybe a roasted chicken. Um, it was filmed in the Redwoods, so, you know, California cuisine tangentially makes sense, but also, uh, it, it's highly based on like what's in season, what's fresh, that sort of stuff. I think that that fits with the theme really well of kind of being on this forest moon. Um, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I definitely had the, uh, entertainment in mind first before I went to the food. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that would be a fun one. That's Tom, awesome. ha- what's your question? So Rob and I play a lot of computer games and I usually have the TV on in the background as does he. And all these award shows have been on lately and the whole four hours before the show, all they have is this red carpet stuff. What's he wearing? What's she? And they're all worried about how each other are dressed, which I think is completely ridiculous, but it gave me the idea for a question. So I was thinking, what is the coolest costume of any Star Wars character that's out there? 
Rob, we'll start with you. Well, I'm thinking, judging off of your uh, award ceremony, the, and the Grammys were just last night, so if there's anybody that would fit in with a Grammys theme, I'm thinking, going back to my question, my answer to question two, it's got to be Lando Calrissian. Um, he's, he's always dressed to the nines, and like I keep trying to get everybody to agree with me, but nobody wants to agree with me. We need to start bringing capes into the real world because Lando can wear a cape like nobody's business between him and uh, Ken from uh, Toy Story, Barbie and Ken and Toy Story. When he saw all the capes in the, in the, uh, in his Barbie dream house, it was, it's a, you know, those two guys can wear a cape like nobody's business. So I think yeah, uh, Solo did it first, though. And in, in that he, movie, they that scene was hilarious when they uh-huh. went through his capes and they went through all of his different capes. Yeah. Um, so I I want to see what Lando's wearing, because, you know, he's going to be dressed uh, very rock and roll chic. Um, so that's that's my answer is a, a good old Lando Calrissian dress up day. Um, so there we go. That's, that's, I don't know if that's the best, but that's what I'm going with. And if anybody wants to sponsor me on, uh, some capes, I'm ready to start buying and wearing capes. Uh, Ryan Airy, what do you think? Uh, I have two part answers. So, cause I have a two part answer. Cause I think it's a two part question. You're talking about red carpets and you're saying who has the coolest outfit. Lenny Kravitz did both at the Grammys this past week. He, he looked cool. And he also looked like an action figure. Um, not everybody does this. So as far as a red carpet look in Star Wars, it's Padme. I've actually, I've you know went to the Star Wars costume exhibit, saw the stitching up close in her outfits, especially in, uh, in Attack of the Clones. And phenomenal. Just phenomenal what Natalie Portman got to wear in those movies. She's the best dressed Star Wars character. I don't, I don't understand how she's royalty and a senator and an elected queen <laughs> and how that, I've never understood that. Um, I assume she had to be a queen so late could be a princess. I don't know what George Lucas was thinking with that. But that's my answer for the red carpet. My answer for who's the coolest, and I'm sorry, again, this is kind of basic and like saying your favorite band's the Beatles, but you know, Boba Fett was supposed to be a Gen, Gen 2 stormtrooper. And then they, they looked at him and said, no, we have something special here. And he's like walking Star Wars. And what I mean by that is Star Wars is just – it's composed of nostalgia of, of – this era, that era. So when you're watching it, it's like you're getting to watch all your favorite movies at the same time. It's familiar and new. And that's what Boba Fett is. I mean, they they gave him this armor. They gave him the helmet um, like of a medieval knight, you know, with the – I can't remember what those kind of helmets are called, but with the T-visor, thing in yeah. the front. With the what T-visor, thank you. With the T-visor. T-visor. They took all that, the medieval look. They gave it this worn sheen. So he's a walking story. Like everything in Star Wars has to be like beat up and worn in. And look like this story has been told for thousands of years, and he carries that look. And then they add that that Clint Eastwood duster, and that's what Star Wars is. It's a Western in space. They even put spur sound effects that don't make any <laughs> sense when he walks in Empire Strikes Back. I th- we did a video. I, I think we did a video, and it was about how Boba Fett's only on camera for like seven, seven like what, 37 seconds. But in that time, just that look captivates the imagination. And I think Star Wars is always best when it implies a larger universe and a larger tale before it fills in every nook and cranny of like the fact that he was apparently a clone, son of a clone or was a clone, but was raised as a son. Who cares? The point is Boba Fett looks cooler than any other star Wars character. I think he's walking star Wars. Ryan GH. What about you? Yeah. So uh, I think your, your answer speaks to mine a little bit here. Uh, I'm a big thing of all things armor. So uh 
I really loved the armored Jedi looks that we've gotten throughout the the series, right? Um, particularly in the Clone Wars era, but we've seen it through other media in um, High Republic and, and some other times. Um, I think the coolest armored Jedi, uh, which actually it's funny that you said... Um, uh, who did you say from the Grammys? Why can't I? Uh, oh, Lenny Kravitz. Uh, Lenny Kravitz, because yeah. he could totally he could totally play this guy. Is Quinlan Boss? Uh, Quinlan Boss right. with his like cut off um, Jedi robes with the the leather armor over the top um, looks so cool. And you know maybe we got to see him in live action in uh, Phantom Menace. Maybe we didn't. Who knows? Um, but you know, I, I got so excited. I thought we were going to get the live action, uh, version of him in Obi-Wan, but we didn't, we, we just got the little nod to him kind of in an Easter eggy kind of way. Um, but I, I think he looks so cool and he pulls off that, that armored Jedi look, uh, so, so well, and he has the really cool hair. He's got the dreadlocks going on. That's yeah, I, I there there's no Jedi that is is as cool as Quinlan Boss in my book. So, um, Tom, how about you? Yeah, that's a good choice. Uh, I also like it. He's it's a little cleaner because um, Quinlan Boss, he's kind of darker. But uh, I liked Obi-Wan's uh, Jedi armor in the Clone yeah. Wars. I thought mm-hmm. this was pretty cool. Um, so. I had a couple different ideas for this. Um, I, I really liked as a kid uh, the the Red Imperial Guards, the Emperor's Guards. Those were really neat looking. I, I probably had like four of the figures and I always set them up guarding the, the Emperor. So I always thought they were pretty cool. I would have liked to have seen them in action, but episode eight kind of showed us what they would look like in action because uh, we saw... Um, What's his name's guards? Uh, I can't think of his name. Snoke's Praetorian guards. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, The Praetorian guards. Snoke's Praetorian guards. Um, I also really like the white Imperial intelligence officer uniforms. They're really sharp looking because we Mm -hmm. basically have been we've seen nothing but the the like the naval type uniforms, the green ones and sometimes the black ones as well. But then when we started to see the um the white in- intelligence officer ones i thought that was really neat um they look really sharp um it's a nice contrast from the the green and black uniforms that we see but i have to go old school for my favorite it is luke's black jedi outfit yeah first I, I i can picture myself sitting in the theater watching return of jedi as a kid seeing luke come through those doors at jabba's palace and seeing that black uniform, not knowing and thinking, okay, is is has Luke found the dark side? Is he? yeah. And then he goes to force <laughs> yeah. choke the Gamorrean guards. You're like, oh my god, Luke has some dark side in him. Um, and, and to me as a kid, that just kind of blew my mind. And it, it and it's such a simple outfit. It's just black. It's yeah, just a black outfit. It's it's. It, it, but it, it it really took my mind in crazy places when we saw Luke start using dark side powers and wearing a dark side outfit. Um, so for me, that would be the coolest outfit, even though it's probably one of the most basic in all of Star Wars. Um, so hey, that's it. Can I, can I, get, I don't know, throw something out there real quick. You were mentioning Quinlan Boss. Do you guys remember 
Before Solo did the reshoots, when Michael K. Williams was cast as Dryden Voss, the big fan theory was that he was Quinlan Voss in disguise. And then obviously they replaced him with Paul Bettany, so there's no way he could be Quinlan Voss in disguise because uh, Paul Bettany does not look like Quinlan Voss at all. <laughs> but that was uh, that I, you said that and that popped in my head. I was like, man, that was a fan theory and a half. Like that was a yeah. fan theory before we saw a scrap of footage. That's uh, that's that's the, the internet's a whiteboard. We got to preserve. Oh, yeah. We got to preserve some of that stuff. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Absolutely. Yeah. Paul that's, Bettany that's, what that's was cool. awesome in that movie. He was very. He was a very he scary was. villain. Yeah. Omar like, would have been better though. There, imagine being solo, sitting there on that sofa, and having Paul Bettany make those. You know, have that talk with you. I was scared sitting on. I don't know. That. I, I I think Michael K. Omar from The Wire. Man, he would have been. Yeah. I, it's one of those great, you know, what ifs. I wish I could what go ifs. to Lucasfilm Vault and watch that footage. Well, maybe when they do the uh, Star Wars what ifs, they they'll do that. They'll switch it <laughs> there around. There we go. That's <laughs> uh, two ladies. He's gone. But anyways, yeah. sorry, that's that's my great that's my great what if. That's a question yeah. for next time. That What's is your Star Wars um, what if. I did I did a I wanted to comment on all three of your uh, outfits because uh, the the original when you saw. Bob was when Boba Fett. Excuse me, when Boba Fett walked in the parade, was he in all white in the parade before we even knew who he was? When he was walking next to Darth Vader, I can't remember if he was all white then or if he was in color at that point in time. I think he was in all white. You're talking about like it was this uh, town in California, right? It yeah, that Modesto, little, but it might as well have been. Uh, yeah, kind of, yeah, whatever that little uh, that little uh, town was. Time to do the Googles <laughs> when we first saw him, but I'm pretty sure he was in all white then. And it, he like blew everybody's mind. Then everybody's like, "Oh my god, this guy is amazing!" We didn't even know who or what he was, but he was just there walking with um, Darth Vader. Not in white. Not in white. Okay, not- but they did originally. Then it must have been in the in the uh, making of TV shows where they were showing him originally yeah. in white, and then they said, "Okay, let's add some color." When they put but a even- beach towel on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what they did. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so either one of those costumes were were uh, amazing, and uh, um, and I forget what. And Tom, yours in the all red. Those those guys were were so cool. They're just, I'm just thinking of them walking down the red carpet in their red helmets <laughs> and their red things, you know. And then the person that we didn't even talk about once once Tom started talking about the white uniforms. Can you imagine Thrawn walking the red carpet with his mm-hmm. blue face and his white outfit on and just walking down being like, yeah, I wrote this song, you know, like I'm up for, I'm up for artist of the year. You, you're right. I am. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I, I, uh, I enjoyed all those. Those were all, uh, uh, very good, uh, costumes as well. Well, that was it. If this was a, a kind of fast episode, 46 minutes is, is it? So that's not a problem. We, we're we efficient. Busted, oh, we're do efficient. you want me to pull some time? <laughs> <laughs> I got rants in me. Ryan's we, we ready. Still, <laughs> you can feel it talking about Battlestar Galactica. That's I was fine. about I to could, say you you drop Battlestar Galactica and we didn't even Yeah. We we could do an ending explained it. We could do a whole podcast every episode just about different aspects all right, of the all right, we'll of start, that show. We'll start a new podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. But it's only about the ending of Battlestar Galactica. You can only talk about the last episode. That that would be such a niche podcast. You're like, oh, I'm yeah, starting to watch this Battlestar Galactica show. Should I listen to this podcast? Yes, but not until you're done with the show. You gotta watch and the then whole listen. First. And we're going to do 187 episodes <laughs> per, minute, minute per episode. Act. Per act, no, yeah. no, no. We're going to go that far in depth. 
I mean, look, they ended the show. I've, nah, I'm not going to spoil it for people, but <laughs> what a weird ending. Spoiling it. When did it come out? Like 15, 20 years ago at this point? The last episode probably went ago. up in 2008 or nine. Yeah. Um, so if they didn't watch it by now, you're not I spoiling just, it for anybody. Why, why was it? Why did they go with magic at the end? Because you watch that show and you could come up. It's a science fiction show. Where you can come up with possible explanations for all this stuff, the the the, the robots have visions, and then they just go with straight up magic at the end. Yeah. Guys, Listen, come on! Listen. Like, what are we? I, I mean, Ronald like D. Moore. I, and you know what? After watching DS Nine, I understand it. Ronald D. Moore, he likes to end things with magic. I understand now, but it's just <laughs> fine. Anyways, that was actually for you. Abused. There are a lot there. of parallels between the way Game of Thrones ended and the way Battlestar Galactica ended, with with Ooh. how the fans felt about it. Uh, sure. Like it completely went in a direction the fans didn't want it to, um, and they their ideas I think were better. The fans' ideas of how it should have ended. They also the whole thing like the the Cylons have a plan. They didn't. They didn't. Have <laughs> they, a didn't. Plan. they didn't. They have had a plan. to put a, no. a, t- a movie out later that explained the plan because it was never in the show. And, and right. I've read behind the scenes stuff. They the writers didn't have a plan either, which is kind of nice to not have every second mapped out. But also, have a plan. Have a plan. <laughs> have, a plan. have a plan. At least you got an ending in BSG instead of Caprica, where they just leave the <laughs> next season on tag at the end of wherever it's streaming, and you just get teased with that. But I never watched the show. I didn't know that. I didn't know that's how it ended. <laughs> well, now you know it doesn't end. It just stops. It just um, stops. It Nothing just... ever really ends, guys. <laughs> no one's ever really gone. Uh, well, Battlestar Galactica must have been written by any middle schooler ever because when they have to do a writing assignment and they don't know how to end it, they just go with, and it was all a dream. And that's how every single one ends. So instead that's of it being a dream, it it's just magic. Good show up until that like last part of the, of the last. <laughs> I actually kind of think in 20 years, that last part will be the part people talk about because it was. Uh, I think the last five minutes of that show or last 30 seconds are actually uh, very prescient for, you know, I mean, look, Google's destroying the internet with AI right now. Mm-hmm. And I think we're, we are going to hit a point where it's like, well, what is the value of life and, and who, who do we recognize as being alive? And I think it opens some, some interesting questions. The problem is it did it with robot wind-up toys, which <laughs> looked silly and it undermined like this really, I don't know. And they did the whole thing with uh, all along the watchtower I gotta go watch Battlestar Galactica. I love that show so much. All right, I gotta go. <laughs> All right. So the the answer to question one is, what are you gonna binge after this? Apparently, Ryan's gonna go binge Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> oh, such a good show. <laughs> Join us next week on our Battlestar Galactica podcast. All right. Well, um, that's how you do it. That concludes our another episode of Bantha Milk Podcast. Uh, presents around the Dejeric table. I want to thank our two fir- wonderful guests. First. Ryan Airy, please tell us where we can find you. This is your opportunity to plug away. Look in that camera, that camera, that camera over there, and tell us whatever you want to tell us. Plug away yourself and or your show and or your feelings on Battlestar Galactica. Go ahead. Uh, I'm on Twitter, screen, uh, well, whatever it's called now, uh, at Ryan Airy. My name, R-Y-A and A-R-E-Y. You can find me there. Uh, every now and then I, I decide to tweet uh, a lot, and then I'll take a break for a while. 
but of course, the most regular way to catch me and what I think about things is the YouTube channel Screen Crush. We also have a podcast that's if you it's also on the YouTube channel, so it's one of the same. And uh, you know, check out our merch store, ScreenCrushMerch.com, where we design the merch ourselves. We have some pretty exciting Breaking Bad shirts that just launched this week. Uh, Thor shirt that just launched today where my dog Doug, my co-host is Thor, and we have a live show coming up in Brooklyn, New York on February 22nd. You can get tickets online that Screen Crush merch website or just go to any Screen Crush video. We plug the heck out of it. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Meet me, the team, and uh, we're going to do some games and some questions and talk, probably talk about Battlestar Galactica at this point. I can't think of anything else. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome where is doug by the way is he in the, in your house or is he somebody else's uh no he, he's my little dog he's sleeping downstairs sleeping downstairs he's a haircut in a few days yeah uh gotta love little yeah. doug and his little his little screen crush t-shirt he's so cute his little screen crush t-shirt <laughs> yeah. all right and the other ryan ryan gh please tell us all about yourself yeah uh so my show is puny pod we are a marvel fandom podcast but honestly, both me and my co-host David are huge Star Wars fans as well. So we end up talking about Star Wars uh, almost as much as we talked about Battlestar Galactica here on a Star Wars show. Um, <laughs> we release two episodes a month. The first Tuesday of every month, we release a episode that's a deep dive into an MCU movie that we rewatched that month. We're watching through in release order. Um, and we are we just are doing a wrap up on phase two that is out this month for February. First Tuesday of February will be our wrap up for phase two. Um, about midway through the month, we also do a news show about everything that's newsworthy in the Marvel universe, uh, video games, comics, products. Again, a lot of Star Wars stuff showing up there since Marvel has the Star Wars comics uh, license. So we do end up talking about a lot of stuff there. Um, we call those episodes the monthly bugle. Um, you can follow the show on all socials. Uh, it's P U N Y P O D, um, play off of puny God, of course. But, uh, you can also follow me personally. I am on Instagram and TikTok as puny R G H. So P U N Y R G H. Uh, check out uh, what I post there. I do some behind the scenes stuff from um, Puny Pod. I, uh, I do some. Uh, you guys can see pictures of Casa Bonita there. Um, but <laughs> hey. uh, yeah, so so go check those out. Awesome. Uh, don't forget to check out all our other shows here on the Ears Up Network. Ears Up, Ears Up in Depth for one more month or so. I don't know what's going to happen there. Scraping the, <laughs> <laughs> scraping the Vault, The Supreme Resort. Of course, Ryan's show, Puny Pod. Uh, and and our regular show, uh, the regular version of Bantha Milk as well, where Nick and I go off on tangents, much unlike this episode. Uh, but we maybe, maybe we'll start talking a lot more about Battlestar Galactica, and Ryan will be very excited yes. about that. <laughs> So that's it. Uh, Tom, you want to take us out? You got the official job of giving us a good ending. Yeah. So we loved all your questions. Uh, we loved all your answers. And you guys are welcome back anytime. Until then, always let the Wookiee win. Always let the Wookiee win. All right.